covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Kyleman in here, as always, beginning the hosting duties. Alongside, of course, my good buddy, pal, cohort, partner in crime, you name it, he is that secondary piece or primary, whichever way you want, want to spin it. It is Jim Mernier on the opposite side of the screen. I, I was getting really elaborate today, Jim. That, that, that's all I'm doing. <laughs> as, well, as we want to welcome you all in for another edition of our NAL preview series. Uh, last week, you guys were able to get us previewing the guys that are going to be playing the stable over at the Crown Coliseum, the Fayetteville Mustangs. This week, we're moving on to one of the other brand new teams in the NAL, the West Texas Warbirds. Jim, first off, how you doing? I'm not going to miss that because I always got to give you that. But second, uh, any quick analysis on West Texas for you? Well, it's we're in the second week of the 2023 preview series for the National Arena League, and we head west to West Texas, Odessa, the hangar. Um, observations. They have a football team? <laughs> no. Uh, uh, first off, uh, thank you. Uh, it's episode 85. Season's fast approaching. And we have, Woo! We're having some all-time highs and views of our shows lately, so I want to just thank our listeners out there. It's pretty. It's pretty cool when I look up on you know YouTube and in Podbeam and uh, Spotify, Apple, I you know all the podcast platforms, iTunes, name a few, um, and I'm seeing over 300 on these things. I'm just like, wow! I'm just stunned that I remember back in the day, 30 30 downloads were cool. We're happy about it. Now we're plus 300, and it's pretty cool. And I just yeah. it's because of our fan base and. Our followers and our well, we do kind of have a fan base. They are very loyal and supportive. Mm -hmm. uh, they're on Discord. Uh, the descriptions and uh, links in our description. And yes, uh, to the people who comment on our page and say oh, your Discord link doesn't work, well, it kind of expires every once in a while. Um, so if it doesn't, just comment on the page and we'll drop it in there again for you. Uh, it's just yeah. the NAL family, Arena family, uh, talking about Arena football. And the upcoming season. And uh, this one is about West Texas. And we do want to say that we did have uh, Kerry Starks. Going, we did have Kerry Starks scheduled to be on this show. Uh, scheduling conflicts have affected both of us. We couldn't get the right time to get it scheduled. Uh, but we will have a future episode with Kerry Starks to talk about the West Texas Warbirds probably right before the season or even during the season. Um, so that was going to be the, uh, the host for player interview for this game or this week and next week we have a couple of people that we're going to reach out to and next week i i we had one of our listeners said jim you say you're previewing jacksonville sharks this week you lie jacksonville's in two weeks i apologize mm -hmm. san antonio's next week uh and then jacksonville following uh, but yeah we were supposed to have carrie starks we reached out to a couple of players it's such short notice i know we're gonna have listeners like i was looking forward to an interview well unfortunately it you know, schedules yeah. get in the way, but we we will get we will get Kerry Starks because we've been told by other people from other teams, uh, from another league now, uh, that he's a, a great genuine guy and he'd be a great interview. To talk about um his career and his time with the Lions and his time in uh, Columbia, um West uh, West Texas, but mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. But 
West Texas fans, we will get you an interview here pretty soon with one of your players. But this episode is dedicated to you. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the Inside the Walls podcast. I am Jim Renier. That is Zach. Uh, we're arena football fan diehards. Uh, we know this league pretty well. Uh, we If we do our Discord, you can tell in Discord, we know information. Come to us, ask us. We may not know it, but we'll give you the right information. And For sure. But overall, uh, again, this is theme show. So to all the new player signings throughout the league, uh, unfortunately, we won't get to your part or that player signing until we get to your team's preview. Um, this is West Texas again. And, of course, uh, when you think of West Texas, what do you think of? You think of oil fields. You think of football. Uh, what are the two big things in Texas? Well, it's Texas. Texas is a big state yep. in football. Uh, there, there's a couple things to describe Texas in a nutshell. Uh, they're, they're, they're egos. Uh, there are people that really, really are dedicated to the game. Like me and you love football, period. Like one thing about West Texas and one thing I, I, I know about Texas, they have a TV series out there. Last Chance U was there at one point. Yep. Um, you got one of the most iconic football brands of all football brands, even though they choke in the first round of the playoffs in the National Football League, the Dallas yes. Cowboys. Um, football is a, a credible. You look at Texas, you got Longhorns, you got the um, Aggies, you have the Red Raiders, you have the Horn Frogs, you have hundreds of college teams. I can go on. And one thing about Texas is that when you see players on these teams, remember in Texas, that's their, that's basically it's. God, football, family, or family, God, football, it's mm -hmm. in the mix. You're going to find football players in Texas, and you're going to see players in uh, West Texas that, A, you might find familiar, or B, you don't know who they are, but you'll get introduced to them very quick. Just how, like we got introduced to San Antonio last year. There are players that we didn't know in San Antonio, and we got introduced to them quickly. We got introduced to Cody Brooks. We got introduced to Kyle Rashad. We got introduced to Pierre Turner. We got introduced, uh, introduced to uh, – um, Pierce, um, Drew Pearsons, yep. um, and you got coaches like Travis uh, Travis Shaw. You'll be introduced to these people. You're going to be introduced to the West Texas Warbirds pretty quickly in the season. So in Texas, football is king. Like in the state of Florida, football is king. And for the people who are trying to be entered, like it's like, what will West Texas bring to the National Arena League? Well, they have talent. They have a lot of you. We're all going to show the roster here pretty soon later in the show, and you'll see the experience of some of these players have uh, some from AFL, some from the IFL, some from the AAL, some with the AWFC and a lot from the NAL. So they have experience. They have a, they have a few rookies. But again, like we've stated before, this is basically the carbon copy of San Antonio from last year. They've played previous seasons. This is their first year in the National Arena League. It's not like Fayetteville, how they're just a completely new franchise. Mm -hmm. San Antonio, West Texas is a carbon copy of San Antonio. Now, the question is, will West Texas follow the same blueprint, or will they be their own identity? So, yeah, that's basically a short introduction to West Texas. But, again, to the fans of West Texas, people to and uh, Odessa, uh, Texas. Welcome to Inside the Walls. I am Jim. That's Zach. 
we may be the ones that put you last place in the power rankings for a couple of weeks. Just remember, call your local San Antonio Gunslinger fan. They will tell you why. Um, but uh, then again, like what my buddy said in the previous podcast months ago, which I listened to, by the way, I like to listen to our old shows. You even said that power rankings are opinions to spark up controversy or drama. That's why we do power rankings, because A, people love it. B, it ticks off people. But at the same time, it gets everyone interactive and coming at each other. It makes our sport what it is. That's why power rankings are like that. So if you're down in the seventh, I do apologize. You might go up. You might stay down there. That's the joy of football season. But this is the preview episode of the 2023 West Texas Warbirds. So, Zach, I was talking for a while. What do you have to mention about the West Texas Warbirds? Well, I think, uh, you know, you talk about, of course, being – in our, at least somewhat of an archetype from last year, like San Antonio, where we're trying to figure out a few of the pieces and see who does gel well in this next level of the sport. But I, I got to give praise here for the Warbirds because they did add in, I think, some veteran talent and a few stars here or there that do balance out some of the newcomers that you are going to have a good floor to go on. I mean, you know, we're talking like the likes of, like, for example, Kerry St- Starks is the one that made the waves in the offseason, I think, for – West Texas coming in, you know, defensive player of the year last year, home game wrecker, you know, with the with the former Columbus Lions. Um, and now he's going to be here setting up shop and probably asking to do, you know, the same thing in this in the linebacking core. They picked up vet, veteran and highly talented linebacker Patrick Macon, who also mm-hmm. is going to be playing there as well. Um, so you're going to have a pretty good, you know, two level system set up right there out of the gate between those two. They'll see plenty of playing time. They're going to anchor that defense very well. Um, mm-hmm. And then in terms of, you know, the opposite side of the ball, I think a lot more of the questions are going to come in the receiving core for West Texas in terms of what your what your talent is. Um, QB-wise, though, you do have some veteran options across the board in terms of arena options that have played at various levels. Obviously, Daniel Smith, we know, has been in this in the NAL in previous seasons. Last year in particular, particular had had several spells, again, with the former Lions. Um, Chris, Bar- Chris Barrett has been in multiple levels. He actually was with the Lehigh Valley Steelhawks at one point. Uh, he's been with other leagues, for example, with like the Reading Raptors as well. Um, and he has had recent camp experience with Hub Football, who mm-hmm. are very well known for developing younger talent and guys that are trying to get another look at professional levels. So keep that in mind when you're looking at their roster. They got Jairo Campbell as well, who is also a veteran in this roster too. So they got three different tiers of guys right there in the QB room. I think it's going to be a true battle for who gets to start coming into mm-hmm. training camp when we get into into it next mo- into next month. Um, beyond that, like I said, I think a lot of your questions will come down similar to how it was with San Antonio, where we're going to see a lot of the, I think, receiving talent is going to see who is the guy that steps up. Like from our, uh, from our episode, episode 83, when we were talking about, I think guys that will surprise us or like ones that we think will break out. I still have high hopes, for example, that Jalen Childress is going to be my guy that'll play like the clear shot role, you know, the small, the, the smaller figured speedster that, you know, can catch that can go past the, past the defender, catch those deep bombs down, down the field, you know, maybe 20, 25 yard, 20, 25 yards or so and get you a quick strike score or something like that. That's a guy I'm looking at. Um, one that I think 
I believe is this the case. This is one that's a roster one. I'm not 100%, but Dominique Robertson, if it's the former receiver from the IFL that came over, then that's pretty impressive. The thing is, I'm wondering, there's Dominique Robertson's a tackle. Dominique Robertson's, that's a receiver. Um, 320-pound receiver is, uh, let's just say that I, that makes me question if it's the receiver or tackle. Not 100% on that move, but if it is Dominique Robertson who was playing in the IFL last year, that's a great, to me, a solid pickup to have that guy right there for whoever's going to be throwing mm-hmm. the rock around. Um, but, yeah, I think for West Texas, I think a lot of your bread and butter is going to come really, at least for us, defensively, good floor, and then once they get the QB situation sorted out because they got three options that I think you can start games and get things on right away going then we just have to figure out, then we'll see who gels the best at the receiving position from those training camp battles. Well, one of the key things about West Texas is they are coming into the NAL as the only team to never lose a football game. That's um, uh, a big storyline. Yeah, that's, that's a championship, by the way. Uh, that that's gonna that's a that's a big storyline going up. But there's a couple of guys on the roster, so let's just let's just speak of that. Um, I did have a nice graphic for it. If you're if you're watching on YouTube, it's up now. Uh, these are individuals of the West Texas Warbirds um, that are veterans, and there's guys that you'll notice right off the bat. Uh, Savante Davenport, many years in the AFL for the Valor. Um, Sean Lockett again played with Columbus and the IFL, and then you go down, you see players like you know Leggett Pilgrim, Joseph Nuttell, um, returning wide receivers. You got Justin Lear, a returning kicker for um, the West Texas Warbirds. So you look at the mm-hmm. look at this team, and of course we mentioned it before. It's supposed to be a guest on today's show is the 2022 NAL Defensive Player of the Year, and that's Kerry Starks, linebacker and fullback. Um, and you got Pat, you got Pat Macon as well from the Empire. So you look at their team. Unlike Fayetteville, remember we talk about Fayetteville. It had they had a mix of a veterans and mix of and a lot of uh, rookies. The West Texas Warbirds have a deeper, my opinion, a deeper veteran pool of players than they do rookies. But there are some players on this team that are. They're going, to, they're going to show out. There's a guy I, did, I, I forgot to put him on the thing. Mentioned he is returning. His name is Darrell Brown. He's a mm-hmm. linebacker. And he's also a DB. He was one of their star players last year. And I think if I was right about the stats, I think he led the team in the interceptions last year. Uh, so there are some key players on this roster to look forward to, especially in the 2023 20, uh, season. But what, like what you mentioned, uh, Zach, uh, one thing about arena football and how this game is with the Nets this time around, quarterback play is key. We yes. know what Daniel Smith is. We, we've we seen him play at Columbus. We've seen him play. I think he played for the Quad City Steamrollers, I want to say, um, or Sioux Falls, one of those teams in the IFL. But he has experience. You have guys – they have experience, and you have um, Garrett uh, that you mentioned, the other quarterback that has experience with Lehigh Valley Steelhawks. Uh, still, one the uh, that team holds a place in my heart. I really love that uh, Lehigh Valley. Um, then you have you know Campbell again, a quarterback with experience. You have this out of all the rosters, in my opinion. This is gonna be a question that I'd like for our fans to answer. Comment on the, down here, especially West Texas fans. Um, is there really a quarterback battle in West Texas, or does 
a quarterback already have in this position? Does Shaw already have the go-ahead because he has experience as a starting quarterback with West Texas? Or does Daniel Smith come in here as a guy who has, you could say, has a deeper experience in a bigger league than the other guys? Or is this a four-way you know, battle? Because we'll see teams around the league. Like, we can tell right now. We know who the quarterback is in Fayetteville. We know who the quarterback is in Carolina. We know who the quarterback is in Albany. And then when you look over around the league, do we know who the quarterback is in Orlando? We do know they signed a, a Jake a Sheehan, um, who came from the IFL. Does Jacksonville know who they are? Is it Graham Kelly? Is there someone else coming in? So there's a lot of questions. And, of course, we know who's in San Antonio. We, uh, Mr. Bain, he he's your starter down in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, so the question is for West Texas is you got four guys competing for one spot. And usually there's a saying out there: if you don't have, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. But in the arena game, not bad having two. Look at uh, look at Albany last year; their backup was a, a veteran in Warren Smith Jr. You and at the end of the year in Jacksonville, your backup was Mike Faithful to uh, Arvell Nelson. So you and uh, Carolina had uh, Malik Henry behind uh, Jonathan Bain. Mm-hmm. So you have skills now. There's players that you see on that veterans list again. Like, I'm going to put that veterans back back up. You look yeah. at guys on this list. Like, you see Sean Lockett. You see Neesmith. You see Davenport. You see guys who have had experience. And Josh Davis. You, Josh Davis. Uh, I'm Joshua Davis. I, I just want to say he played, I think, for the Tri-City Rush in the AWFC. Ball is – that guy is a boss. That guy – like bulldozers through people. He's a beast. He's going to be an offensive line guy for West Texas. That's going to solidify that, that inner, what the a gap and B gap, wherever left side wrong. He could be playing center. I don't know, but he's a guy who uh veteran. He plays out. He played out West way out West up in Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's someone that to keep you an eye on. You look, one thing I like about teams, we've seen what, what I've, we've told you before, how Gibson builds his teams. It's up the middle. And he plays. He's more of a defensive type of player. And you look up north in Manas. He's more of a. He's an offensive line coach. But if you look at how he plays his teams, he has a a very solid uh, fr- uh, front five. That's basically your offensive lineman and your f- fullback and of course your quarterback. And th- if that's solid, your receivers are going to eat. Um, so you look at teams around the league. Now you look at here. They have experience from last year. And I'm not going to bash the league that they were in last year, but. A lot of the competition they played last year, they were far superior than them anyways. That's basically like what our homeboys uh, from Columbus are going to do in that league they're in this year. They're going, they're far superior than everyone in that league. Um, but this is a massive upgrade in competition. And they'll get their first test right off the bat. Yeah. And one thing I like about rosters is that you can put question marks at positions like, okay, running back, eh, question mark, wide receiver, okay. and But like we've said before, like what we've heard other coaches state, if you're strong in the middle, it depends on how the team is. Are you are you strong in your offensive line, D-line? Do you want to win the line of scrimmage? Or do you want to take away the receivers with that back half safety? Or do you want a legit th- quarterback threat like a Jonathan Bain or a Sam Castro? How are you going to build your team? If you look at past highlights of West Texas from games that they played, there's a highlight out there that's famous about West Texas. We're not talking about that one that made the news. That That's in the past. Um, but you look at a lot of their games they've played, 
they were they had a squad that they were just far superior than everyone they played. They whipped everyone they played. Like their scores like 65 to 10, uh like 55 to 14. Like the games were not competitive. I, I look at this roster and I go, you have enough experience in there. You have Kerry Starks who's been there. You have Sean Lockett that's been there, done that. You have Davenport. You have that you have players that have experience in the NAL, IFL, and the AFL. So if you can adapt that with the same narrative and mentality that you have from last two seasons and bring that in and establish a tradition or establish a type of fundamentals of what type of football team you be, the question is, is that when you get to first week one of the season, can you sustain the first punch back from a team that's equal to you, maybe even better than you when you play teams like Jacksonville, Albany, Carolina, Again, this is not this is not the other leagues that West Texas was in. You're stepping up, and you look at this roster. They have good pieces in place to be that team. Like, yes, they may be that carbon copy of San Antonio from last year, but they look like they're a more, how can I say, more rounded organization compared to San Antonio right. from last well, year. Again, they 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 also probably realize, you know, like Coach. Coach Smith, he he probably realizes too. Like again, this is this is the bigger time of the of the sport right here when you're going to the National Arena League. So, you know, you do have to, you know, you want to have some of your guys that know your program and that you trust. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think some folks that if you can offer, you know, an opportunity out there in Odessa and allow them to take it and come out, then they can. I mean, like I said, Kerry Starks coming out to West Texas is in its own right, a massive win. Cause I mean, he could have gone, he could have gone anywhere else in the league, but you know, getting a lot a star, of people, a star talent uh, like that. Oh, you know? okay. I was going to say when Kerry Starks went and when we saw the news earlier in the year, when Gibson made the big switch over to Jacksonville, me and you and a lot of our arena colleagues all thought he was coming to Jacksonville. I, I, I will definitely <laughs> second that. I thought he was going to Jacksonville. So, and then when, then like week later, he goes to West Texas. We're like, Whoa, Okay, West Texas, you yeah. got you guys got a stud. That's one thing, like about Kerry. When they got Kerry Starks, I'm like, oh, Coach Smith, yeah, he knows what he wants. Um, Kerry Starks, depending on what coach you talk to, or what team you talk to, he's either a one of the best linebackers in the league, or he is from base from other coaches. He's a a he's a player that only shows up half the time. I've watched a lot of film on Kerry Starks. I've watched I've watched in a lot of crap. Basically, I watch every single NAL game from complete from start to finish, every single one of them for the last I don't know five years mm-hmm. since the league's been around. Kerry Starks has a motor on him, and one thing I like about Kerry Starks, I even talked to Coach Gibson about Kerry Starks. He's a guy's motor that doesn't stop, and if you tick him off to a way where he thinks he's being disrespected, he will outplay anybody on the field anywhere in the country. I believe that, and and. If that mentality comes back to West Texas and you get that beast right there, he's going to cause havoc to any quarterback in that backfield because he led the league last year in sacks. I think he was second in tackles, I think, or almost first in tackle. I need to check that. But he's a defensive player of the of the year last year not that, for a reason. He was also doing double duty for a few, oh, yeah. a few too. Remember, he was also running. Uh, he, was doing, he was being – He's been fullback for a little bit, so oh yeah, you know this year though. I mean, they're they're pretty much it looks like they're letting them unleash the beast on just the defensive end. 
for the most part. Yeah. So, I mean, that and that, and honestly, you know, that's the case where in a, spe- in a specialty role, when you have an extra specialist to go with, if you mm-hmm. have a chance, yeah, I would, I would do that too, because, uh, you know, get, let him, let him just focus on wrecking havoc, yeah. period. And also, speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, if you're in West Texas right now and you're like, oh, we have an arena football team? Yes, you do. Go to www.warbird, war, oh, excuse me, www.warbirdfootball.com to get your tickets today or call 432-653-4509. That's the number on their Facebook page. That could be completely wrong. We did it last time, get the wrong number, but still, that's the number on their Facebook page and their Twitter page. So if two of those pages say that's their number, give them a call at 432-653-4509. Uh, and also, if you're on YouTube right now, looking at the screen, there is there you your go. tickets for the arena um, for the 2023 season. Again, that is go to warbirdfootball.com or call 432-653-4509. Season tickets starting as low as $130. That's a pretty, that's a pretty darn good uh, price mm-hmm. for getting a slew of home games that you can get to go to. So, yeah, definitely a great deal. And with, like with any arena football game, uh, it's fun for the whole family. That's just, that's, that's just straight up the case. It's an entertainment package, not just – not just going to a football game, you're you're getting fun interactions mm-hmm. every time you get, you know, TV timeouts, halftime, you know, like that. I mean, full on multifaceted product. Yeah. So and one and one thing about West Texas for the fans out there, go to Odessa. Um, one thing about entertainment at Arena Games, there's music, there's high action, there's cheerleaders, is good for community, and also there's mascots. And yeah. one thing, one thing we got I like about uh, the mascot in West Texas, I think he has a beef with us. I don't know why he has a beef Maybe. with us. He, he yeah, might. I, he I, 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 oh, speaking of what, we got mail. Oh boy, let, let let let's go watch. It's Top Gunner. Let's see what Top Gunner wants. Yeah, Top Gunner, what's going on, man? I'm going to be more obnoxious, more overbearing. And I'm going to make you all learn to love it because you'll have no choice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, first off, uh, Top Gunner, I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for the message. Uh, we have a little beef. I don't know why. Maybe because he thinks that we're Albany homers, which is kind of <laughs> ironic. But anyways, one thing about arena atmospheres, ladies and gentlemen, is these individuals who work for the organization, if it's especially like Chum from Jacksonville or it's the uh, Empire family. Wh- where are the guys up in the Empire? Uh, you, you're talking quarter of the family? or Yeah, no, the, the mascots. Oh, Mac and Jack. Mac and Jack, okay. See, that's how much I know about the Empire. Yeah, I, was um, making, I was making sure on the same page. You know Mac and Jack, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, good entertainment, good fun. One of the best mascots in the league It has to be Top Gunner, and he's only been in the league for, I don't know, about four or five months. Uh, he's active. He tags us in a lot of stuff. And a lot of the videos you see, it's uh, entertaining. That was, for the people who are listening on the podcast platform, um, that was Ric Flair being, I'm, I'm going to be more obnoxious. That's with Top Gunner's face on it. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty fun. It's, uh, it's one thing I love about arena, arena football is the community that gets behind it and also the teams that get behind the community and you have a self-identity of players. Mm-hmm. And again, 
Top Gunner involved and he became his own self. So he has his own ego, which is awesome. It's like Chum, but he's more savage than Chum. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, I like that. I see. I like that they got someone that is someone, you know, Top Gunner that is who is very act, very active on social, very much engaging with the audience, mm-hmm. bringing an attitude. Someone that I think you want to go and say hi to at a game, you know. Yeah, that's what to me is cool. You know, and I think, you know, like I said, we have we have some great mascots in this league. For like I said, without a doubt, you know, Mac and Jack, Chum. Uh, we're gonna have Liberty, who's gonna be joining Fayetteville. the Fayetteville family. That was voted on by the fans out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, we have pl- we have plenty of them all going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Gunslingers, they have the, remember they got their own. They got the horse and the gunslinger himself comes on to every home game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, they having someone like Top Gunner who has been, you know, kind of kind of bringing some social interaction with some of these uh, yeah. with some of these teams too. It's, it's it's pretty nice, you know. Well, and see how I just uh, offended uh, Mac and Jack of Albany. Before you know, they'll have their own Twitter account, and we'll basically be the. You just made the list. <laughs> of people, of yes. people to go after us. Um, that would be us. Uh, they're, they're go, they'll go after us. That's one thing. When West Texas was introduced to the league, I think it's what, like, within a day or so, we were already getting attacked by Top Gunners. Like, oh, you're the podcast of the league, or oh, he was ready who, though. That's he went out. He came after us. I was like, I was like, focused, you know, right away. It's like, like he woke up and chose violence, like right off the bat once the team <laughs> entered the NL. And I remember messaging you, was like, what's the deal here? Like, what we do? Um, but, but still, that's one thing to the fans. Again, get your tickets now, warbirdfootball.com, or call four three two six five three four five zero nine. You get to the stadium, enjoy the family atmosphere, good prices. Again, season tickets as low as $130. Um, and you get to introduced and be introduced to Top Gunner, who is a savage on Twitter and Facebook. Um, but he also is a guy who's out in the community, works his butt off from all the videos I've seen. He's at popcorn football games. He's at mm-hmm. softball games. He's at grocery stores. He's at community centers. He's at schools. Uh, the guy's everywhere. So he represents the war uh, bird brand to a T. So, yeah, this is all fun and games, but still, uh, the guy has a lot of work and dedication, and that's what arena football is about. It's community, like I've said mm-hmm. before in past episodes, the NFL is about its players. Arena football is about the community that is the fans that support the game, the football. So that's my. So that's right. I was going to say, oh, go ahead. Sorry, Dad, block you off. My bad. No, I, no, I, I, you, you go, sir. Please. No, um, I was going to say uh, breaking down schedules, probably. That was actually, so we were on the same page. I was just, go, so we were, we were definitely thinking the same. I was going to say, yeah. if you're a season ticket holder, uh, let's, let's take, let's take a look at that schedule. You're going to probably be looking at to kind of decipher where we're going. As you can see, uh, home games are in the red. Uh, we got the bye weeks listed, of course, because that is so crucial to this year. And, and, and of course, it's even more so with the fact that, you're going to have 14 games for the Warbirds. And then, of course, the Ways are listed in blue. Um, and we're going to – every preview, we are wanting key matchups. This is just us listing off, you know, games I think you want to look out for. Obviously, if you're a season ticket holder, you're looking at all those home games. But mm-hmm. I think in particular, you're highlighting that very first one to start things off. Uh, that week one matchup against the Jacksonville Sharks. It's, it's a multi-prong reason why, you know. 
It's first NAL game of the Warbirds get to play. It's a it's the Sharks, which I mean, hey, we, what can we say enough about Jacksonville? It is one they're one of the stalwarts, the the one of the founding members of the National Arena League, and mm-hmm. honestly, a pretty good litmus test for the Warbirds to see where they kind of are at mm-hmm. in the NAL, and also a good time to test, you know, showing to get fan engagement and get your fans out to the hangar. You know, so a lot of a lot of things I think kind of to analyze here in this first week. But really, I think in particular, you know, Jacksonville to me is one right now that is a good roster to kind of test where you are at early on in the season. And then also to see like, hey, you know, which quarterback again wins their camp battle? And then does it look like the right decision or do you, depending on how that matchup goes do you then consider in the early weeks trying to switch things around for coach smith that those are questions he'll have to answer right out of the gate well it's week one and every single sport no matter if it's nba and nba mlb nhl nfl whatever uh the first game is always the big key matchup the matchup mm-hmm. a lot of things happen in game first games of the seasons wins turn out to be high expectations for a season Losses turn out to be the dumpster fire that the season will be. In actuality, that's not real because we've looked at past in many of leagues of teams starting out the gate on fire, like 3-0, 4-0, no matter what sport you follow. And then when we get towards postseason time, like that last month into the postseason, the team that started 4-0 in the season has the worst record in the league or they're one of the bottom-tier teams. Uh, Week one means many things for an organization. Um, for the case for the West Texas Warbirds, week one means a lot different. Specul- uh, the season itself means a lot different from them on week one standards compared to what Jacksonville is coming in week one. Uh, Jacksonville's been here. Jacksonville's done that. For them, it's, okay, we're going out west of Texas. Uh, we don't get back home until week two, so let's let's see what we can do. West Texas, is, is the narrative, is different. It's... Can we beat a legacy team in arena football in the Jacksonville Sharks? Can we start the season off 1-0? Can we secure home field advantage with the hangar? Mm-hmm. Many teams who win that quarterback battle, how do they play against an organization or a coach like Gibson who's been there, done that for many years in the arena game? He knows how to go on the road and play in different hostile environments and find a way to win games. But this game is more important to West Texas, in my opinion. Most likely, as the season progresses or as we get close to the preseason, we will you'll start seeing the familiar uh, narrative that me and Zach will develop out who we basically how we think the season's going to end end up. For me, Jacksonville is that type of team that they can take the L week one and still be a team that's dancing at the end of the year in the playoffs. But for West Texas. A win in week one is so huge for the organization, so big for that fan base. Uh, getting off to that, getting off to a win against Jacksonville, for instance. And I know it's going to be kind of you know sad for a lot of Sharks fans, but if the Sharks do lose a week one. That'd be now the fourth straight year that they've lost. No, third straight year that they've lost yeah. uh, the home opener or the first game of the season. Uh, but let's get back to that schedule. Um, again, they have the Sharks. And like we've said before, five teams in the NAL play 14 games. And five those five teams have uh, – they play two teams three times. 
The West Texas Warbirds, unfortunately, their two teams that they play three times are the Jacksonville Sharks and the Carolina Cobras. The benefit is that they have Jacksonville at home twice compared to on the road twice to Carolina. And if I was a betting man and if I was a person who wanted to determine what game I'd rather have more at home, I'd rather have the Sharks at home than, than Carolina. Um, it's because just be as a fan experience in Jacksonville, more hostile environment in Jacksonville there is right. in Carolina. I mean, anyone, anyone who talked to about exactly, the but tank, you, you don't want to deal with, you want to deal with as little as possible. The, you know, 6,000 plus fans that'll be usually correct. rocking in there. Anyway. And from, the, from the buzz I'm hearing too, Albany is going to have a big crowd again this year. So there's going to be some areas that you're going to have hostile environments, but again, your, 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 your three games are against the Cobras and the Sharks. And if you want to, you know, looking as a fan from a schedule perspective, you'd rather be on the road in Carolina twice than on the road than Jacksonville twice. So, but benefit is you don't have to go on the road to Jacksonville to week 16. So you don't have to, by the time you experience the, the Shark Tank, you've already played the Sharks twice. That that week 16 game could be two things. It can be a big crucial game for the organization for West Texas, or it can be a nothing game for either team. Um, that's how yeah. the season, but that's why week one is so important for West Texas because that starts off a stretch there. You go Jacksonville, Carolina, you get a bye week. You find a way to go one and one. I think West Texas would be pretty happy to go one and one to start the year. You get the bye week, then you get home against the Fayetteville Mustangs, the expansion team. So basically, two battles between the two expansion franchises. Then you travel up to the defending champions. All being, didn't, oh, good. You get another bye. Then you get that stretch right there of eight games. That's a haul. Um, just FYI, West Texas, that is not a bad long uh, stretch. Um, Sharks in Carolina last year went 14 in a row without a bye. Uh, so right. it has been done. It has been done before. Um, but you look at the schedule. Again, they had that late bye week that could be beneficial or it can be well, it's going to be beneficial no matter what. You have a you have a bye week in week fifteen. It's going to help your organization. I don't care who you are. You could be the Sharks. You could be the Jaguars. You could be the Patriots. You can be whoever. That that's a bye week that late in the season means you can rest up some players if you're in contention. So you get that final two weeks to do that hard push. So your guys are not that fatigue towards the end of the year. Well, yeah, that's why that's crucial. Is you if if you get if you can get through that slog uh, in the middle and mm -hmm. get to the end of the season where, you know, maybe you're sitting kind of comfortable, you know, yeah. or maybe you're needing to get the, you need to have a really good end of the year, final two games, you know, win out type of scenario. That's where that's nice to have that week 15 by um, what, what will be, what will be the down, what will be the downer to get to it though, is that you're going to have to go through a three game away stretch uh, two of those, which, as we'll point out, that's part of our keys to the schedule. I think for them is that two of those, you have to do road trips back out to North Carolina, back-to-back -back weeks, one to the Stangs, of course, to head over to the crown Coliseum at the stable. And then you got to go over to, you know, play at the snake pit against the Cobras as well. Um, which as we've talked, I mean, both those rosters, you know, those are not going to be easy outs, at least if they are, those rosters are maintaining, the same crew that they're leading in the beginning mm -hmm. of the year. Um, and of course the gunslingers, I mean, yeah, sure. It's not as long of a trip, but San Antonio retooled and regrouped this year in 
very much a nice fashion. So that three game road stretch, because you're away from the hangar, you aren't getting a break in between that. I think that's crucial to kind of see where you're at, you know? Yeah. Um, and it might be mute. Like I said, it depends on how, where you are during the season record wise, but say that you're like, say there's the mid, the mid pack muck that they're in, you know, yeah. That, that's where, Hey, I'm just going to bring it up. But <laughs> that three game road stretch can be vital to you getting out of the muck or mm -hmm. it can sink you into that muck even further. Yeah. It, it, you know how we're, we're entering March, March Madness. What's the, the terminology that we get? Bubble. Your bubble is going to burst. Mm -hmm. You're on the bubble. Um, that three-game stretch, like you mentioned, um, the muck, if you, ladies and gentlemen from West Texas, the muck is a term that I use quite often during the season for the teams in the mid-pack that – don't know when to, you know, separate themselves from the mid pack or fall into the abyss that is uh, not making the playoffs. Um, Gun Stangs Cobras three game road trip that will be the muck um, or bust. Basically, you're either going to work your way out and be a top four, or you're going to be one to bottom three. Uh, I I fully believe West Texas is one of those organizations this year that's going to be in the muck all year. They're, they're not going to be a team. They're going to be in the team that's going to contend for that four seed throughout the season. And then when you get to that stretch of Stangs, Gunslingers, and Cobras, and that's when you can go, okay, can you find a way to, on that type of road trip, win one. Find a way to win one because after that, you come home and you got two of the next three games at home against the Predators, and against the Empire. Yes, those are, you know, the Empire is a tough task. And again, at Jacksonville, that's another tough task. Uh, but Orlando at home, one thing that we've know, noticed about Orlando in their history is they're very good at home. They play very tough at home. They struggle very, very badly on the road. We've seen them two years ago completely, like, manhandle teams and then they go on the road, play the same team that they played the week prior and completely are a no-show on the road. That's Orlando. So you look at the back half of that schedule. That three-game road trip is going to be something from a from a fan perspective, like uh, we're going to be away from the hangar for three weeks. But from a you know, league perspective, you're I the Warbirds, in my opinion, are going to be a team that's going to be competing with Carolina, a team that's going to be competing with West Texas or with uh, Fayetteville and with Col uh, who was the, um, Orlando. I just mentioned them. Go. I think those teams will be the, the teams that are going to be in the muck um, right now based on what I've seen and based off the everything and the rosters. But that doesn't mean they're going to be a bad team. Like, we've seen teams in the past, especially San Antonio last year. Second half, San Antonio is clearly one of the best teams in the league. They just ran out of time, and they missed the playoffs. Right. Because when they got to their muck part of the schedule, they busted. They didn't get They didn't get on the wrong, the right end of it. They went on the wrong end of it. Well, they, and well, remember, boom. they retooled. That was one thing for them. They, they did a lot of, like early season signings to help mm -hmm. really revamp that roster as it was going on. And that's part of the reason why they are really the main reason why they were in it in the end. Something to make that I think I have to add with the muck is part of why, part of why this is fascinating is, you know, we didn't increase the, the amount of teams in the league this year, 
but seven teams still allows for a lot of mid pack, like, you know, the muck, the muck, as we call it, like a lot of stuff where you're going to see teams that, you know, because they play each other multiple times, you're not going to get a team that sweeps all the time, you know, mm-hmm. um, eventually they'll most likely steal one. Um, I mean, shoot, most recognizable example last year is the empire losing their regular season matchups to Carolina only to get the championship matchup going in their favor. You know, that's, that's how it happens. You know, eventually the more matchups you have against another team, generally the more likely you're going to be able to figure things out in a quicker time frame. you know, sample size as we go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's where this comes in, where you're going to see a lot of more craziness in the standings simply because these teams, it's a smaller pool of teams and they're going to be able to figure each other out much more, uh, I would say much more um, ahead of time towards the midseason at that point to where we'll see these splits where it's, you know, the rubber matches, as you say, in the 14 game schedules, you know, those won't all go to one side. I think you'll see a lot of rubber match games this year mm-hmm. that'll split to one way that will be impactful to the playoff standings. Well, when you look at a schedule, especially no matter if it's West Texas or Jacksonville or Orlando and you do like, Okay, let's do it off a of history basis. Last season, Carolina owned Albany in the regular season. Albany had no answers for Carolina. Every game was competitive, but in the second half, Carolina always found the plays to surpass Albany. Kendrick Gaines even mentioned that last week about how they started off hot. They were. They know they were the best team, and it found it got to their heads. And as the season progressed, the the pack caught up to them. Mm-hmm. When you look at a schedule like how West Texas, you got three games against Carolina, you got three games against West uh, Jacksonville, and there might be a game where you might lose two games to Carolina, you might lose two games to Jacksonville, but no matter what sport it is, especially football, it's hard to beat the same team twice. It's even harder to beat them three times. It's almost impossible to beat the, t- this, the team four uh, four times. The Carolina experienced that last year where you had three three weeks of frustration from the Empire implode on Carolina or explode on the Carolina in the championship game, and Albany won the game that mattered the most. And for the fans of West Texas, there might be a situation this season where you could be four and six or three and nine. And you might like, man, this season's like we're, we're 12 games down. What, well, not 12 games. So like we're 12 games in. What's going on? Is there anything possible? There could be. There could be. There could be a situation this season where we this league is so top heavy, where the top three teams are just running away with it, but the bottom four are within a game of each other. I mean, and who? I mean, that's, shoot, that's what we saw in 2021. That's exactly the scenario. What happened there? Columbus, yeah. At the, at the time, Columbus and Albany ran away with it. You know. Yeah, last Columbus year, and Albany. A little much different story last season. Yeah. Twenty twenty one is a perfect example, Zach. Thank you. Um, yeah, Columbus and uh, Albany ran away with it. Then Orlando got hot at the end, got to five hundred, and then Carolina won the last game of the season that got in. Uh, there was some base off of some weird tiebreaker. I think yeah, it was like that, points scored or something like that that. that. that Carolina playoff run was wild. They I mean, yes. They, that was a, that was one of the better rallies I've seen to get a spot in the NAL since I've yeah. been covering the NAL. So, so to to West Texas, top four teams make the playoffs. There's seven teams in the league, so there's three teams that miss, and there could be a situation where this league is so top heavy 
that there could be two, there could be five teams within a game or two games of each other when we're going to week 12 or week 10 or week 11 of the season. We're like, man, you know, these teams are still competitive. We've seen that before. Last year, I don't, I think the first elimination, I think, was Orlando out of a 14 week season. And I think the elimination didn't happen until like week 12, though they were finally officially eliminated from the playoffs. And San Antonio was the first one, not San Antonio. Um, Carolina was the first in the clinch last year. They were the first one to clinch a playoff spot, mm-hmm. but because they went two and two at the end of the year and Albany went three and one, Albany got the one seed and Carolina got the two seed. So when you look again, when we look at a schedule, it's like week one is week one Jacksonville. Let's give some positive thoughts to uh, West Texas, a little positive thoughts. You can start 0 and 4 and still make the playoffs. Just ask Jacksonville. I mean, yeah, you you can get in a rally. Plus, again, the way that Mm -hmm. arena is structured, free agent signings can change a team completely depending on who you pick up. I mean, that's full discretion up to the up to the GMs and coaches or coaches that act as GMs for their respective rosters. There, so I mean, you know, like Coach Tate can or Coach Smith. Sorry, apologies, but Coach Smith, of course, can make his own decision on that Mm -hmm. if need be, and. You know that, like I said, arena is chaotic for that for that reason alone. You know, like you can you can see key roster pieces just flip on a dime by midpoint of the year. Yeah, and you, uh, uh, roster additions, roster subtractions. Um, there are there are certain things that you can see throughout the season that can change a team's outlook. Like we've seen again. 2021, our own fancy football team, the Carolina Cobras, uh, Coach Resinalo at that time listened to our show and was like, you know what? Yeah, they're right. I need to go after some of these players. And he went after big-time players, brought them in, and they made the playoff push. So that can happen. But I just had to pull up some stats here for West Texas. Uh, this is NAL stats. This is stats for mine. This is not confirmed by the NAL, but this is me as Zach. I collect a lot of useless stats about this league. Um, it's you say useless, I say interesting, but okay. interesting. Um, teams that start 0 and 1 in the in the AF in, in National Arena League, teams that start 0 and 1 make the playoffs in this league 46% of the time at 0 and 1. It's not bad. Teams that start 1 and 0 make this make the playoffs in this league 64% of the time. So basically, you look at that, you go, Oh, that's kind of interesting but here's the different <laughs> teams that start 0-2 in the regular 0-2 make the playoffs in the nal 23 percent of the time teams that start 0-3 make the playoffs 11 percent of the time and the teams that may start, start season 0-4 make the playoffs at two percent of the time and that two percent happened last year and that was the jacksonville sharks who made the playoffs now reverse teams that are 2-0 about 74 percent 3-0, of making the postseason in the National Arena League. So, And a lot of that's just because the legwork's already done for you by that point. You know? Oh, yeah. You start off 4-0 in this league, you 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 get that's, – that's Carolina, for example. They started off 4-0 last year. They made it in. It's, it's one thing that people – I'm just trying to convince the West Texas. You might come off the start of the season – with that four game stretch with Carolina, Jacksonville, Albany, and Fayetteville, you might go one and three in that stretch, but don't be down on yourself because you could be still a game out or 
winning percentage wise a game out of the postseason because we've seen it before. 2021 was the pure example of the muck making it into the postseason. Yes, the muck didn't do anything in the postseason because uh, that first round matchup was not good for Carolina. But you look at last year, seven and seven got you in the playoffs. And if you watched last year's postseason again, if I, for the Voice Texas fan, please go watch last year's postseason of the NAL. Um, Albany won the championship, but the team that gave them the best chance of running their money was Jacksonville, that four seed. That came down to the very end. That was a crucial deuce by Marco Roscoe that flipped that game in the favor of the Albany Empire. Um, get into the dance. Like my high school coach, I guarantee your coach said it back when you played football. Uh, it's not how you win in the regular season. It's how you get in the dance. And once you're in the dance, how you win in the dance. And right now, there's only been a select a few teams and whoever made the dance as a four seed to advance. And that's the Columbus uh, Lions. Um, so just get in the dance. for. But West Texas, you're going to have a lot of people from other shows um, that are going to look at you guys and say that you're, you're not going to be competitive. I think West Texas is going to be one of those teams where you're looking at in midway through June and go, oh, look, they're a game out. Oh, look, they, they're, they are the four seed. Can you believe that? Um, but I like a bold statement. Usually I make some stupid statements throughout the years or throughout the episodes. Um, but yeah, throughout the years, we're going on our third season. So I've said some stupid stuff. Um, a bold statement is. This might get people uh, aggravated, might get people pissed. Don't care. It's because this is a really bold statement, and I'm going to make it here on the West Texas Preview 2023 show. One of West Texas and Fayetteville, one of these expansion teams in the NAL season, will make the postseason this year. I'd buy that. That's a bold. I think that that's. I think that that's about it. Look, I I think that they either one of these teams. We talked about this with Fayetteville last week. Like both of these squads, they put in a decent amount of veteran talent to mix mm-hmm. in, in to put a possible winning roster. It really just comes down to, to me, who can you overcome? You know, you, it's four slots for seven teams total in the league. We, yeah. uh, I know for a fact that you and I have talked that two teams stand out as ones we think are definitive playoff rosters and that's san antonio and albany right out of the Mm -hmm. gate this year um otherwise beyond that i think everyone is fair game in the nal in terms of those last two spots i mean i think you can make an argument for the remaining five across the board um i mean shoot man i've talked orlando's ear off about the amount of players that are star talents on either side it'll come down Mm -hmm. to the qb position which she she in which we've learned a lot more about him since but you know I digress. Like I said, I could do this with every team. Um, like really to me, that's, I think one of them does stick through, you know, which one that is hard to say. Um, I mean, between Fayetteville and West Texas, you know, I think West Texas is more building themselves to be more of that defensive bully in the NAL, um, where they're going to, you know, rely on their own talent that they're bringing back from years past, as well as, you know, kind of, mixing and matching and kind of dissecting who's going to make the best QB selection come mm-hmm. week one. I mean, you don't pick up two extra quarterbacks along with two, two that you've been possibly working with and, you know, assume you're going to have one ready to go. You're going to, that's a true QB battle for the, for camps coming in March. So, yeah, you know, but I, I agree with you. Like, I, I think that that's not 
invalid. I think one of these new teams does make it, you know, which one it is really hard to say, because I think that mid pack compared to recent years is much larger mm -hmm. than it's ever been. I mean, part of it's more teams, but I also think it's just that to me, a lot of these rosters do have key components that I could say each one has a good argument to make a playoff. Oh, I agree. Right now. But, but did you just say that San Antonio and Albany are the top two teams based on roster right now? Uh, that's my personal opinion. Yes. How dare you? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't do that. <laughs> um, I, I think that they are the two that I am expecting the playoffs. That's what I'm putting down. Well, I agree with you because they have the quarterbacks. Right. And that and that's vital. You know, I mean, credit. You can also say that for, you know, the Cobras too. Credit Char Charles, Mc Charles McCollum. McCollum. I think it's you then ask, all right, you know, do you think it's that there's the same firepower as like, say, what? you know, San Antonio has with their, with their two targets. And then of mm -hmm. course, Albany with their own very much, I mean, Jesus Prince alone, I could just mention, and that's it, you know, but that's the thing, you know, McCollum's there. Do you think you can get enough production from your specialty yeah. members around the, around him? And that's possible. Yeah. So, but I, that's my, my honest opinion. I, I know we've talked a lot about San Antonio and Albany as being the top dogs. That's why I labeled them there. Oh, I, I agree. It's, it, when you look at Carolina, for instance, you get Charles McCollum. He's coming off of a knee injury. Um, that's what I've been hearing, knee injury, what he had over at yes. the CIF. Um, and, again, you got question marks of receivers. We know what Adam Smith is. We know what Lance Storm is. Uh, not Lance Storm, Lance Evans. Lance Storm is a freaking wrestler. Come on. You just made the list. Um. But yeah, uh, McCollum is question. You, you, yeah, we have McCollum. That's a quarterback. Question injury. He has won a championship in the league before. Jonathan Bain has won a championship in this league before. Castronova has won a championship in this league before. There's a trend between those three quarterbacks. They've won championships. So they've been there. They've done that. The question is, is like you look at the West Texas, like you mentioned about the quarterback battle that is going to soon arise. The the the. I look at it as like, yeah, there's going to be a quarterback bell, but players that I look for, if they step up to take that role, like a Davenport, like a, a Kerry Starks, like a Sean Lockett, they step up and they elevate that roster and help those quarterbacks settle down where you get receivers like a Brown to start settling into their form and like get the start settling to their form to get them in like acclimated to the NAL style of football, you have a better chance. I look at Fayetteville, like we mentioned before. Right now, compared if you look at Fayetteville and West Texas, the quarterback situation, I'm leaning towards Fayetteville because of Cato. We've seen what Cato can do. He started to get better towards the last, end of the year last year. started to understand the offense in Orlando. Unfortunately, certain things happened, and he was no longer with the team. But you've seen him start to learn. The reason why I said the bold statement about either West Texas or Fayetteville making the playoffs is because there's still a lot of questions in Orlando. There's still a lot of questions in Jacksonville. There's still a lot of questions in Carolina. Yes, Carolina has the quarterback. They have a couple key pieces. They have Ziggler in the offensive line. They got the receivers. But you look at that back half of that team, uh, there's a lot of old vets. You, you got Mishon Robinson coming back again. Uh, homeboys like Tom Brady doesn't know when to retire. He's been playing football for ages, it seems like. And you have you know, Kenny Veal coming back. So you, there's questions in Carolina. There's questions in Jacksonville. Uh, one of the questions I have is the quarterback right now, but I have a good, I have a, I have the belief that Gibson knows who he has, who he likes, 
Uh, so I expect someone like a Graham Kelly to come out of nowhere and shine this year in that system. Uh, but again, to West Texas and to the fans of West Texas, don't be mad if the team starts one and three. Don't be pointing fingers at the organization. Um, we have seen teams in this league, especially in the National Arena League, start off slow, and in the second half of the season, they're a team that you don't want to face. San Antonio's example of that last year, a couple of years ago, the main mammoths were that as well. They were a team you did not want to face. And also, look back in the past, look at the past Columbus Lions. They were a three seed and they were a four seed. They're the only team in NL history to be a non-top seed playoff team to advance to the championship game. So there is still a chance. So a lot of questions. Again, this is a preview. Again, this roster would change. I guarantee it will change drastically from now until the end of camp, until before the week one matchup against the Jacksonville Sharks. And, of course, to the fans out there, again, if you need tickets now, uh, go to www.warbirdsfootball.com or call 432-653-4509 for season tickets as low as $130 to get you in to the season opening game against the Jacksonville Sharks of the National Arena League. It's in Odessa, Texas at the Hangar. So, yes, that has been, ladies and gentlemen, the preview of the 2023 West Texas Warbirds. Yep. Um, next week, we'll be going again. We'll stay in the Texas. I, I kind of jumped the gun. thought we're going to Jacksonville next week. Now look nope. at the schedule. We're going to Texas. We're going to stay to Texas. We're still in the – well – Take that back. West Texas isn't Texas. Duh. We're staying in the state of Texas, but we're heading east to San Antonio uh, to get inside the San Antonio Gunslingers. We will have a special guest. The announcement will come later this week on the special guest on the show. We might have a linebacker. We might have a receiver. We might have a quarterback. Who knows? But San Antonio is next week on the 2023 NAL previews for the National Arena League season. So, yep. Two teams down, five to go. Also, ladies and gentlemen, like, subscribe, click the bell, Bill's morale, and also the people who are subscribed to our YouTube account, you might be getting uh, something that we should have done last year because we hit 100, hit 150. We promised free tickets. We got something working for you, especially if you live up in the Albany area. You if you're go. in that area, hit that like, subscribe. You might win something. Just give me the FYI. Um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, Zach, you got any last words before we leave? Uh, no, I, I think I think I'm all covered. If anything, look, I, I'm wishing uh, folks to come out and support your team out there in Odessa. Look, it's mm -hmm. it's been a very successful program so far. Um, we're excited to see them joining the National Arena League um, and to just continue on building that community out there in west texas it it, it, it seems that well, you've talked with the curtis fam with the curtis family throughout this past year and in of course on our own show they seem like they are geared up and excited to be part of this league and to be again playing arena football again the original version of it keep that in mm -hmm. mind you're getting a better you're getting to i'm gonna say it flat out you're getting a better version of the game this year than you were even playing last year with the nets so come on out. Check out an even better version of what you saw at that at the hangar last season. You're not going to regret it. No. Random game in Orlando 20-some odd years ago, and I've been hooked to the sport ever since. Um, so, yeah, it's just that one. Just go to the game. Go get your hot dog or nachos or beverage, whatever. In this day and age, beverages would be like 10 bucks for a can that big. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, it's it, – 
it's an event. If this is your first time going to a National Arena League game or Arena football game, period, it's definitely a place to go uh, for entertainment. Good slate of games, good talented players from all around the country who play in this league. You're going to see some stars come through San uh, uh, Odessa. Names like Devin Wilson, Darius Prince, Zach Brown, Jonathan mm-hmm. Bain, to name a few. There's a lot of talented players in there. Of course, you got some guys there in West Texas that will hold down the fort, or should I say, hold down the hangar and Kerry Stark, Sean Lockett, uh, to name a few guys. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I am Jim Renier. That is Zach Kyleman. This is Inside the Walls Podcast, episode 85, Into the Hangar. Remember, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the social media, uh, social media platforms, up-to-date information of the National Arena League, and also countdowns that you've been seeing lately. You know, those little countdowns of videos, more player countdowns will begin. We'll start again tomorrow. Here on the on, on our Twitter account. So, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day. This has been a preview of the West Texas Warbirds. We'll see you next week as we go guns up with San Antonio. Nope. <laughs> Blooper reel, baby. Let's try that again. Deuces, people. Yeah, you're getting it live with San Antonio. See you next week, ladies and gentlemen. Peace. Covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier.